Welcome back. Hi. 2024. Whew. January. One year. One year we've been doing this. That's crazy to me. That's so crazy to me. <laughs> How has it been one whole year that we've been doing this podcast? Kicking it with Jesus. <laughs> this is Trisha. I am Evangelist Lori Ann, and we are just kicking, kicking it, it with, with Jesus. Jesus. Different scene, too. Sorry. I, like I kind of moved my my kitchen around a little bit. I like it. Same scene, same dogs, though. So if you hear dogs in the background, <laughs> sorry. There's it is what it is. Too many dogs we got. So how was your year? How was your Christmas? How was your everything? Christmas was really, really nice. Very low-key, very, you know, a little sad. You know, um... Not all my kids were here. Mm. My two girls are here. But my two boys are not. And so it's... I'm missing grandkids. I'm missing... I know. You know. It's crazy. Yeah, so... But God is faithful and he's good. So, you know, I got to FaceTime a lot of my grandkids. So, things That's were good. good. That's good. Yeah. How was yours? Hectic. <laughs> I'm a divorced child, so. Yeah, I know how that rolls. And it's not like I could just have all of the parents one shot, you know? Yeah. It's all individual, and I have a three-year-old who gets overstimulated very easily. Mm -hmm. You don't realize how overstimulated a child gets. It's the next day yeah. that they're like melt down so it's I'm glad it's over yeah me too I mean <clears throat> for me my stepdad it'll be two years this January January 6th Christmas Eve was the day he went into the hospital and mm -hmm. never came home yeah that's hard so you know I I decided coming from a divorced family I normally spend Christmas Eve with my father's side of the family and this year I didn't. I spent it with my mom. That's very nice. quiet, very, you know, very nice. That's good. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm very excited about this season of the podcast. I'm very excited about it. I just wanted to um, remind people also as we start this new, ep this new season, prior seasons we've done eight episodes. What we're going to do is go 13 weeks, do 13 episodes and take a month off. Mm -hmm. And then 13 episodes take a month off and so on. So, and before you know, we're going to be saying, hello, 2025. I don't know. Let's pray that uh, <laughs> Jesus comes back before then. Okay. All right. I can take that too. Uh, so I was, so the, this podcast is stemmed off of a servant, a service that I watched online mm -hmm. from Pastor John Lovell. He's a pastor that my husband introduced me to, which is funny because he's a baby Christian. And he's like, this guy is like the reason he's like, well, Josh will tell you, he's the reason why he believes in God, mm. is this guy. And he is pretty powerful. He just started his own church, but he's been saved for a long time. And he did this, he did this, this service. It was called the good news and the terrible news. How okay. we're Christians who have good news to tell, but we also have terrible news to tell. We have to tell all the news, like everything about the Bible. We can't just pick and choose what we want. Right. right. <laughs> we have to tell everybody, like, sometimes it's going to offend you, and sorry, that's just how it is. We get offended by what the Bible says, but we still have to follow it. 
And one of the things that he had said is, is your life marked by Jesus? Hmm. So like, I guess I wanted to talk more to the people who say they're a Christian, say they're a follower of God, right? Is your life marked by Jesus? That's where my question would be. And I have a few things written down, and we get to what we get to, because we like to bunny trail, but... <laughs> Let's pray we don't. Right. <laughs> However, it's just what we do. So, in the first thing I wanted to talk about was a scripture from Matthew 5, 23. It says, So if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there, in front of the altar... First, go and reconcile with your brother, and then come and offer your offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that if we are Christians, right, it's not always easy for us to go and say sorry or go talk to somebody. I know it's not for me. And then I was talking to somebody who is a Christian and they had an argument with somebody and they were saying, I feel like I want to forgive that person, but I don't want to, but I don't want to. I felt like I should, but I don't want to do it. Right? And like, I can understand that. I can understand that 100% because there have been recently, within this last year, 2023, I didn't want to either. But I think the moment we step out in faith with Jesus, even doing something that we don't want to do, but we're doing it maybe even out of obedience, and knowing that Jesus has us, I don't know, something happened for me, I can only talk about myself. Something happened within me when even when I didn't want to forgive, I went and I I did. I did forgive. Something changed in me. And I think that is an indicator that my life is marked by Jesus. Which is true, <clears throat> Trisha. I think... You know, you have a lot of people that would say, you know, I'm Christian and yes, I, I have forgiven, but their attitude says something else when it comes <clears throat> to the person that they say they forgave. Right. I think to forgive is more than just a, okay, I'm going to do it and be obedient. I think it's, it's more like You having to take, if I'm offended with you, I'm not going to you and telling you right away that I forgive you. I'm wrestling with Jesus because I don't want to. Right, right. You've offended me and you hurt me. I, I let you in enough for you to damage me in, in a place where... You know what I mean? Right. So now I've got to go with Jesus and I've got to wrestle with him. I don't want to, Lord. It, look at what they did. Right. 
and I, and I only say this because it's happened to me. Pray for them. Right. What do you mean pray for them? <laughs> how about you me? Know? You must have been busy. When right? <laughs> like, how about me? Did you right. see what they did to me? Pray for them. Right. <clears throat> and something happens to you when you start to pray for the one that gave the offense. God starts to deposit something in you for them. Mm. And when God starts to deposit something in you for them, that's when I believe with all of my heart, God goes to them and convicts them, deals with them, shows them the error of their way. But if you never, then there's a lot of times where your words are just empty right. because your actions prove something different than what you say. Right. And make no mistake, people feel it. People feel it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I only say it because I've lived it. You know, and, you know, my uncle, you know, right. sexually violating me. That, those could have been empty words, but they were not. I wrestled with God. I did not do it right away when he asked me to. Right. It took me a good two weeks, if not longer. Granted, my mother wouldn't give me the phone number, but, you know what I mean? But, you know, I... I say that to say it's being saved is not easy because God calls you to a higher standard. Right. And I think that that is, <clears throat> I don't think I read this in the beginning. I can't remember. But the reason why I read that specific thing is do I love God and doing his work and mm. building his kingdom? more than I, I do for myself, building my kingdom. Because on earth, it isn't about building our kingdom. And if we are the ones that go and truly forgive somebody, what is that going to do in them? But if we continue to be stubborn, because I know that I can. I know that I've wrestled with God a lot about certain things. And I'm like, I don't want to. Why is it that I always have to be the one? every time did God give you an answer to that yes why is it always you that he has didn't to give, bend he didn't give me an forgive. answer the answer that I liked he said I said I was going to fight your battles hmm. that's what he said to me why do I always have to be the one I don't know why but he's the one that said that he's going to fight my battles whatever that's supposed to mean but it gave me peace when I heard that that day and I was reading my Bible and he said it, I told you I was going to fight your battles. It just made me know that he sees me regardless if nobody else does. Mm. You know what I mean? I if nobody else can understand my hurt or my pain or what they've done to me, it doesn't matter because this God of this universe does. And he said he's going to fight my battles. Amen. So how can I not? It might take me a bit because I'm stubborn and I'm selfish still. I think that'll be always a battle that God's children 
have to endure. I think so. For sure. Jesus is faithful and he is true. Not so much us, but him. And his love for us is unbelievable. That's for sure. It's unbelievable. One of the other things I think that would be marked with Jesus is out of Matthew, like if my life is marked with Jesus, Matthew 5, verse 38. I like mine. I don't know if yours does this, but mine has like little sections and it gives you <laughs> like little headers. And this one says, go the second mile, mm. right? You have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him, t let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Can I just read mine? Yeah. <clears throat> mine's the Amplified. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, punishment that fits the offense. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person who insults you or violates your rights. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn toward him. The other also simply ignore the insignificant insults of trivial losses and do not bother to retaliate. Maintain your dignity, your self-respect and your poise. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also, for the Lord repays the offender. The Lord repays the offender. <clears throat> Isn't that what I just said? For real. Like, okay, so I'm not going to offend. I'm not going to. I'm not going to forgive. You're Jesus, and he goes, okay, now give me that same cup that you decided you were going to use. Wow. It's a measurement. Right. We're called higher, Trisha. Right. And the hot pot is living that every day. And so the moment that we don't, right. the enemy comes, oh, you didn't forgive. Right. So the arrows come. And nobody can make you feel worse than the enemy does because he takes a little bit of truth and a whole lot of lie. Right. And he makes you feel less than. Well, what kind of Christian are you then? You can't even forgive so-and-so. Right? Right. And so I think that, and I'm not making excuses for our behavior by no means. But I wouldn't be hypocritical either in saying you forgive when your heart and your life say otherwise. Mm. Right. Everything with Jesus Christ is a hot issue, not a word issue. Not just saying. You've got to do the work. Right. And it's hard. It is hard. It is yes. hard. It definitely is very hard. Yeah. 
One more from Matthew 6. 6 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your <clears throat> giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I think that One thing that bothers me the most <laughs> is social media and the amount of people that videotape, even Christians, them giving to the poor. Come on. It, it shouldn't be like that. Come on. You shouldn't have a camera in front of somebody's face. You shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. You should be doing it because you genuinely, in your heart, want to do this for somebody i mean if you're following jesus or not regardless you shouldn't be putting you shouldn't do that i just i i hate that and i just feel like as a christian we should be doing it the way jesus wants us to you know what i mean i do i do most times he said don't tell anybody that i did this for you <laughs> because their reward is here they've gotten their reward for all the comments that you get on your social media status, you've gotten your reward. So did you do it for that or did you do it because you have a heart for the people? Right. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> like, I don't know why this came just came to my mind, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> Go. I don't, I don't often do stuff unless I feel very led to do it. And years ago, like years, like the years I lived upstairs from my grandmother's house. That's how long ago I'm talking about. I remember I was at Wendy's right over here and I was sitting down with somebody and I heard, I heard them from behind and I wasn't even really following Jesus, right? I heard them from behind and they were arguing. <clears throat> and I had $20 on me, on me. And I just felt God. I felt him, even though I wasn't even like really walking with Jesus. And I just walked over and just gave it to the people. I was like, here you go. And just walked away. And that guy came over to me and he's like in tears in his eyes. He's like, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. And I was like, it's not a big deal. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think though, Trisha, you know, We don't, how can I put this? Jesus is not, let me just speak to the saved people. Right. You know, he will, he will thunder through because remember humanity he died for. Right. That he person. He loves us. Right. And I agree with that because all of us. he, that person <clears throat> that was obviously homeless and the guy, they, the manager was like, not again, we're not doing this again, we're not doing this again, you know, like, he used me, I had that $20, and I'm not the type of person that just goes up to people, you right. know, like, I'm just, so, I just think that if we feel like an overwhelming 
power sensation. I just know that that's Jesus now. Then do it, right? Absolutely. Do it and help somebody. So, I don't know. I feel like that is another way to see. I think because what Pastor John was saying is we should all be doing a self-evaluation. Always. All year. Do I love God and His doing his work? Am I willing to suffer for Jesus? Am I joyful in that stuff? Like we should always be doing that. We should be asking these questions. And if we are, if we say no, then how do we fix that no into a yes? Because we should always be self-evaluating for Jesus. Because our life should look more like Jesus and not like us. Right? Absolutely. I think, you know, all the things that Jesus asks us to do, If a saved person ever said that, I've got that, I can lies <laughs> because this walk is extremely, extremely difficult at times. Extremely difficult it's at times. It's almost like what you said to somebody when I was sitting on the phone with you. That sounds prideful. <laughs> that sounds like pride. I don't think that we realize. I didn't mean to say it how I said it, but I, I, when God, when God speaks to my heart, I don't I think have it was to a, say, but it wasn't bad. It didn't come out bad, but I, I always try and like, before I say something, I always got to try and how I'm going to present it. Right. Cause it, it's got, it may be sharp. But if I can present it and cushion it a little bit, that's how I want it. Especially if I love you. Right. But if God says that's pride and it doesn't, it, it wouldn't to the, to most people, it wouldn't be pride. Right. Cause nothing was said that would, nothing was said that would, that would make present it sound it like as, as pride. Or just right. like, I don't need anything. I don't need to ask for anything, but it is true. Like. We do need to be asking because we are a sinful people, exactly. saved or not. Like we are dirty and disgusting and filthy. We need to continuously be washed by Jesus each and every day. So we should be asking. It definitely, listen, the washing comes through the word and there's no right. question right. of that. None. And I wouldn't, you know, baby Christians, I wouldn't say Start in the beginning. I wouldn't no. do that. I would start right smack in the middle where it says Matthew. Mm. Well, Matthew's not in smack in the middle, Psalms is, but the New Testament. Start in Matthew and go. And then just read. Because eventually God is going to, and that's what he did with me. I started in Matthew and it just, I went through Matthew, I went through Mark, I went through half of Luke Luke 12, no, I'm sorry, Luke 9, came alive. Right. Like, it was like, whoa, right off the page. And mm. I could feel it in my heart. I knew in my mind Jesus was talking to me through the words on the page in Luke 9. Right. So if people start to do that, you start reading. Right. Start in Matthew and just read. And get a Bible that you, you can understand. understand. Come on. Because it doesn't matter what anyone mm. says. Just get a Bible that you can... I started with the Message Bible. 
Mm-hmm. And you get something you can understand. Eventually, God is going to... Take gonna, you out. It, right. He's going to he's gonna make you go into different Bible. Not make you, but he'll... Your understanding will grow yes. to go into a different Bible. Absolutely. But you get a Bible that you can... And I was just saying that to my husband. You just get something you can understand. You just read it in a version you can understand. Yeah. Because... Are we that fickle of a mind to think that God can't speak to us in a certain version of the Bible? Come on. Like, Come I just, on. I can't stand when people are like, oh, you shouldn't read the message Bible because it's not really a... Just let people read what, exactly. what they can and pray that they can hear the Holy Spirit. Because you need the Holy Spirit right. in order to read, to understand. Yep. Oh, man. So, uh, my next thing I wanted to talk about, too... See if we have time. We have a little bit of time. Am I willing to suffer for Jesus? And do I have joy in suffering? And I'm going to read 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16. One of my books. You had talked about 1 Peter 5, but it was actually 1 Peter 4 that I said. I said, I think I just read that, but it was 1 Peter 4. Verse 12. Dear friends, when the fiery ordeal arises among you to test you, don't be surprised by it, as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, as you share in the suffering of the Messiah, rejoice, so that you may also rejoice with great joy at the revelation of his glory. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of the glory... The spirit of glory and of God rests on you. None of you, however, should suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he should not be ashamed, but should glorify God with that name. All right, can I do mine? Yeah. I'm sorry, mine is a little long because, again, it has extra words. That's okay. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith as though something strange or unusual were happening to you. But insofar as as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, keep on rejoicing so that when his glory filled with his radiance and his splendor is revealed in you, you may rejoice with great joy. If you are insulted and reviled for bearing the name of Jesus, you are blessed, happy, and life with life, joy, and comfort in God's salvation, regardless of your circumstances, because the spirit of glory and of God is resting on you and indwelling you. He whom they curse, you glorify. That's so beautiful to me. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or any sort of criminal in response to persecution or as a troublesome meddler interfering in the affairs of others. But if anyone suffers ill treatment as a Christian because of his belief, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God because he is considered worthy to suffer in his name. For in it is in the time destined for judgment to begin. I'm oh, sorry, we didn't talk about that. Sorry. 
like <laughs> reverse. Wow. <laughs> that so wait. I do want to get the amplified version. Of, uh, this is my next Bible after I finish reading this one because I, I do like I like that Bible. And I know this is talking about suffering for Jesus, but I just think that <clears throat> that's so relevant though. Like when we suffer, do we have joy? I don't think it's so much suffering as far as a physical suffering. There's times, Trisha, and listen, I just came up and out of this season and Jesus is teaching me actually the armor of God and I am going to teach that because people do not know how to put on the armor. You don't even know half of the time what that even means. Right. But anyways, no bunny trailing. <laughs> but I think that suffering isn't always just a physical thing. Right. Oh, you, you believer. Right, right. I don't think it's just that. It is also when the enemy comes in. Right, and exactly. And it's one arrow after yes. another. That's and what I mean, yes. Hitting it is your mind, hitting your heart, because whatever you think you feel and whatever you feel you do. And so he's trying to isolate. He's trying to get you into this mode of, you know, you're bearing Christ's name, man. And be full of joy, right? That's what right. it says. If you are insulted, reviled, bearing the name of Jesus, you're blessed, you're happy with lifelong, with life, joy, and comfort in God's salvation, regardless of your circumstances, because the spirit of glory mm. and of God is resting on you and indwelling you. He whom they've cursed, you glorify. So keep on, right. Satan. Keep on, you little demons. Right. Because I'm still going to glorify God. Right. Because he's the only one that can get you out. Right. It just reminds me of Job. Right. You know, even with him. Funny child, sorry. <laughs> even with him. I feel like even God said in chapter 40 41, Without saying it, you're prideful. Right. You're prideful. And here's a man who is righteous, but he's still dirt. He's still man. He's still a sinner. He's still a man that needs Jesus to continue to guide him through. Right. And that just goes to show we're just sinners saved by unmerited favor. Right. We need to get to a place that we do have joy. Or I don't know if it's that we need to get to a place we need to allow Jesus to have. Because I, I always say this, and I've said this multiple times, that now I have, I know that I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I know that if I were to die right now, I would go to heaven. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind. And I don't know if that is the reason why, but I, even through all the chaos in my life, there's peace. Even suffering, I have joy. Like, I can't explain it. It's not a joy that I can create myself because I don't believe that we can create joy as humans. Like, you know, little bursts of joy here and there, but 
real joy that when you're going through something hard, you're still happy. Does that make sense? Like in your spirit, happy. It does. You know? And I think that's, I don't know how to get to that spot, but I think that that is, that also is, is my life marked by Jesus. I think everybody has something within them. Yours is joy. Mine is like just feeling a completeness and wholeness inside when it comes to Jesus. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think everybody has their own things, you know? And I think treasure prayer is the antidote. Absolutely. Without doubt, whatever, that's it. You can't forgive, pray. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're prideful, pray. Like, you're doing things for people to see, you need to pray. Right. You know, you don't have any joy, pray. I think that's the antidote for everything. Well, I mean, it, God wouldn't have put it in here if it wasn't. Listen, I just preached it Sunday and I said, you know, with Peter in the book of Luke, Jesus comes out of the Garden of Gethsemane. No, I'm sorry. He comes out from the Last Supper. He goes into the garden. He takes three of his closest. He says, stay here and pray lest you fall into temptation. Mm. So prayer was the antidote for you to not fall into temptation. And he told you that over and over and over again. And so I feel like Peter's temptation, it wasn't really so much to betray Jesus or I think it started with him cutting the dude's ear off. You know what I mean? Right. And then he's like, well, Jesus yelled at me and said, enough of that. And he healed him. I might as well just keep going because now I've denied him too. Right. And I'm done. You know, know who the version that I, I read. Man, for the third time, I don't know him. And he starts cursing. Right. And the Bible says that Jesus turned and locked eyes with him. He yeah, locked eyes with him. Can you imagine the Lord, the one that you just walked with for three years? And then this that conversation what, click in your head? Come on. But this is what I said to everybody. And I'm going to just shut up after this, I promise. I said, even though he was a sinner, in his mind, can you imagine the arrows that the enemy right, kept? Right, You know what I mean? You just chopped off the brother's ear and you just got out of communion right. he washed your feet right 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 and so he's feeling like i ain't holy and yet he's sitting by a fire with three separate people in all this time that have no idea who he is and yet can see holiness on him do you know what i mean mm, you can you can feel you can feel holiness you were with jesus how would they know that Right. He's not talking until you ask him something. So <clears throat> you're a Galilean. You must be. Right. So it doesn't matter 
how we feel. It is a matter of faith. It is a matter of truth. It is a matter of that every word that's written in this book is Jesus. Right. The good is the word. Right. Well, I guess then we'll just go on to the next one because this one will probably be like, really? Does your family look to the outside world like we are Christians? And the only two things when I heard that question. So like Pastor... Wait. Pastor John, hold on. Pastor John said these questions. He didn't put any Bible scriptures to it. I just did my own little, what I felt. And it says, does my family look to the outside world like we are Christians? If somebody's on the outside, can they do they know without us saying that we're Christians? Can they okay. say Okay, that from, I get it from the now that you said it like that, I, I get it. From the outside world, can they look at your family and know that you are a Christian without you saying we follow Jesus? And these are the two scriptures that came to my mind when I heard this was the first one's out of First Peter three. Three, one. Uh. <laughs> Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that even if some disobey the Christian message, they may be won over without a message by their way their wives live. When they observe your pure, reverent lives, your beauty should not consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold ornaments or fine clothes. Instead, it should consist of the hidden person of the heart within the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very valuable in God's eyes. For in the past, the holy women who hoped in God also beautified themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do good and are frightened by anything alarming. But I like the way Ephesians... Hold on. 6-4. Oh my gosh. Hold on, we're getting there. Already passed it. Oh, no. Let me say, let me keep going. Verse 7, husbands, in the same way, live with your wives with understanding of their weaker nature, yet showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. So wives and husbands, and then Ephesians, and fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I love these verses because we live in a day and age where wives submitting to a husband that's unheard of somebody and I, I feel like society made it all makes it all look bad like makes it backwards or something but if we do marriage different and raising up our kids different through Jesus then the outside world should see that our family is different 
especially if we have husbands and wives doing what God said to do, because then it's raising up another generation to do what they're teaching them. And I only say that because I say it to Josh all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea because I have no guidance of what a marriage should look like. I didn't grow up with parents that were married and the parents that I did grow up with, like with my stepfather and my mother, dysfunction all around. So I don't know how to be a good wife. I, I think that, you know, just to say, your mother probably didn't either. No. And neither did your stepfather. No. And that's it the problem. Just it's just cycle. And I think that that is, again, everybody wants what they want. You know what I mean? Right. We, we live in a time and in an age where everything is me. What makes me feel good? What makes me not so anxious? What makes me not me, me? And everything is very prideful. Right. To be, to be submissive or subordinate, it is not this nasty little word that people have put. Look up the definition. It is not, oh, I gotta listen to everything my husband says. That's not how it right. is. Right. You're called to be equal right. with your husband. He is accountable to you, but to God first. Mm -hmm. Just like you're accountable to him. God made it where you're equal. Right. And that is the truth. Right. Don't get me started on that one, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know what? Could I be as strong as my husband? Physically, I could if I, if I worked out enough. I know I could. Why would I want to do that? Right. Why would I want to be something that I'm not, something that God never made me. Right. I enjoy being a woman. I don't, I don't, I'm not girly girl. Right. But I love my husband taking care of me. I mean, I don't know about you. And that's what submission is. He takes care of me. Right. I take care of him. I take care of the house. I take care of the kids. That's my job. That's my role. He can't do my role. Right. He can't. Just like I can't do his. And that's what I think people get it all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely agree with you. It took me a long time. I'm now going on almost four years of being a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> it's great. It's a hard, it's hard. job. However... He couldn't do my job. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do his job, per se. But and the electrical part, I couldn't do it. <laughs> but I'm at a point in my life where I don't mind him taking care of me in a sense where he's the sole provider. You know what I mean? Like taking a care of the house with finances. That took me a long time because I've always worked. Are you comfortable enough when he, 
to hear him say to you, Trisha, you're wrong. Would you be comfortable to hear him say, and would he be comfortable enough to say it? Because even with that, I mean, there's been times where my husband has had to do that to me. What? What? What are you talking about? What do you mean I'm wrong? Josh and I have had conversations where, like, in a sense with us individually, like, together, like, hey, uh, you're wrong in the way you acted. Like, we talk like that with each other, especially with our parenting. Like, we, because of the way we grew up, because we don't have, didn't have good role models, we bounce off each other like, hey, probably shouldn't do that. And he'll say, hey, probably shouldn't do that. And we'll just be like, trauma. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to do that. <laughs> like, like, but we do communicate in that sense. Like, we both, like, we'll say, like, it sucks to hear. Mm. But that's the only way you grow. Mm. That, like, we've always, we always say that. Has it always been like that? No. No. That's only, like, you know, people say, like, oh, kids ruin marriages. You know how that saying happens a lot? Or like you, you and your spouse just completely separate once you get have kids? That's not how it happened in my household, which is weird. Like me and Josh got a thousand times closer. I have never heard that saying. I'm I hear saying. it all the time. I've never heard that all saying. All the time. All the time. But about the kids and fathers don't stir up anger. It reminded me of this TikTok video that I saw. It wouldn't be an episode. <laughs> it would not be an episode unless, and we gotta wrap it up really quick, really quick, and then, cause it's almost 50 minutes. This TikTok ex, uh, thing that I saw about this guy, he was talking and he was saying how he walked into the house, he saw his two youngest kids in the kitchen making a complete mess. He had, he had a long day at work, he was miserable, he was mad, and he just started screaming at them. Right, he just started yelling at them, what's this mess, like, you better clean it up, blah, blah, blah. And he stormed off and walked into his room. His oldest daughter, who was 13, walked into the room. She's like, excuse me, dad, can I talk to you for a second? And he's like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, I just want to let you know that that was not right how you talked to them. Mom said that they could make something for you. They're in the kitchen making you something. And he's like, that broke me because my 13-year-old was able to come, knock on my door, and say, can I talk to you for a second, like an adult, <laughs> and very kindly tell me what I did was wrong. Mm. Because I was in a bad mood, and I saw that, and that made me mad. And just, I think as parents, like we should always be doing that, right? We're never gonna get it right. But if we can go back and apologize mm. to our kids when we get it wrong, Right. Right. But also, I like how it says, I mean, I don't know what this exactly is talking about, but the stir about, stirring up of anger in children just made me think of that TikTok that I saw. But that's definitely, mine has a different word. But I know we have to, we have to end. We have to end, but four, I... Four, what? Four, uh, no, six. Six, four. We do have to end, but I do just want to quickly say one thing. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. 
<clears throat> so it just expands that one word. Right. And that's a beautiful thing because that happens all the time. Is your life marked by the fruit of the Holy Spirit? This is the last point that I wanted to talk about. And we'll go quickly through it. I just want to read so the listeners can hear what the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. Go which comes out of Galatians 5, starting in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, faith gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And I think that, like, we obviously can't have, we can have all of them. But I think that just focusing on one thing at a time, mm. you know what I mean? Like, because we can't, like, what's that saying? Like, Rome wasn't built in a day? So when we become Christian, we're not. We don't have all of those. Love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness. I mean, I can tell you, I probably have, like, maybe one of those. Definitely not self-control. <laughs> Like, can we just, do I think that we just focus and pray on just one thing at a time? But I think that's always important to remember. What is the spirit? What is the fruit of the spirit? Because our life is marked by the fruit of the spirit, right? Like what we're producing. That's how we can tell. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, by your love. They will know that you, do you know how many Christians miss the mark? I do. They can quote you scripture after scripture. Right. right. But their love, it falls short. And which is love is the first one, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> and so what does that tell you? Right. And I just, I think that there's a lot of times Again, the antidote, prayer. Right. If you're not praying, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed and I continue to pray, Father, I pray for the, for the spirit of love, mm. to love people genuinely from my heart, like for real, for real. I had a gift of discernment where I could discern. God took that. And he said to me, I promise you just like this, and you don't have to believe me, but it's the truth. He said, I'm not going to let you discern them if you're asking me to love them. Because if you see something that you don't want to see, you won't love them the way that I do. And it's well, the truth. Deep. But it's the truth. That's so deep. Well, how are you supposed to tell people the good news and the terrible news? Read your Bible. That was my last thing. Read your Bible. Just read. Do it out of obedience and then you're going to fall in love with Jesus. Then you're going to want to read. Amen. So. Amen. We're at 52, 52 minutes. 52. We always say we're going to try to be quick, but ain't that ain't, that ain't going to happen. I'd like to do like 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, okay. That's like I the think, intro. <laughs> I think we can do it. Yeah. We're going to try time. it the next time. Maybe episode. next time. All right. Anyway. Okay, so, you know, let's pray. 
Precious Holy Spirit, we love you. We love how you are the spirit of truth. You are the spirit that convicts. You are the one that compels us to love. Jesus, I pray for every listener on the other side. <clears throat> I pray, Jesus, that you would mock them with your love. I pray that you would raise them up to be greater than they ever thought they could be. I pray that you would teach them how to forgive and let go, not because the other person deserves it, mm. but because they deserve it. They deserve to forgive these people so they can be free. Jesus, I pray that you would teach us how to love the way that you do genuinely from our hearts and i pray jesus that you would just bless them and guide them into your kingdom by the power of the holy spirit in jesus name amen amen all right well happy 2024 if you want to fast with us we'll be fasting well i'll be fasting i am fasting now well when this episode will be out i'll be starting fast january 1st 20 to the 21st 21 day nice our fast begins january 7th and it ends the 21st so that's two weeks and 21 days Woo! how what kind of fast daniel okay mine is no meat no sweets no bread you can have fish you can have fruits vegetables nuts you can have coffee, no sugar. Stevia, this fine. Yeah, no, I ain't got nothing of that. None of those for 21 days, yeah. nothing. But I'm asking God for a big thing, so, and I do it every year. So if you wanna join in, uh, by the time you hear this, we'll already have started, but hop in at any point. Whoop, whoop. Fasting is a good, uh, good thing to do. Until next time. We are just kicking, kicking it with Jesus. Jesus. God bless you.